Hello, and thank you for tuning in to The Escafil Files, a book analysis podcast where one diehard fan and one newbie start yet another podcast about Animorphs, the children's book series by Kay Applegate. I'm Danielle, I use she or they pronouns, and my co-host is Jade. Oh, and you can find me on the internet. Uh, I guess. You know where. (laughs) My co-host is Jade. (laughs) I'm Jade, you can find me on the internet at Jade Oxford Rose if you wanna, and I use they them pronouns. Uh, that's at Redtail Talk ninety for the new listeners. Although, why you're jumping in here? I mean, I guess you can. Whatever. I'm not gonna judge you. Uh, we'll be making our way through the books one book at a time, analyzing the themes and how they stand up to time, and sharing the experience with our friends on Discord. The link to which you can find in the show notes. Uh, you get some really delightful instances of me yelling about bad science. Um, which, right. to be fair, will happen in the episode. Uh, but if you want it ahead of time, <laughs> you also get some choice memes. The meme- memes are great. Mm-hmm. Uh, today, uh, we are talking about uh, Megamorphs 2 in the time of dinosaurs. Shout out to a non-horrifying Animorphs cover. I really like the cover <laughs> of this one, I gotta say. Like stylized, yeah. eye catching. It's good. Mm-hmm. No uh, offense to the artists of the books; they're just clearly meant to be a little bit disturbing. This one is just cool looking. Mm-hmm. I mean, the Dave Mattingly also does like the the wizard in the, the stereotypical wizard in modern time drawings. Like, I don't think he, he. I don't think they're meant to be taken seriously. This is a very good point. <laughs> He knows what he's about. We he knows respect. what he's about. Yeah, he's great. He follows me on Twitter. <laughs> he does? Incredible. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Him and Michael Grant, which is just... Like, Michael Grant follows a lot of the Animorphs podcast people, but... Still. I, I, it's it's a lot. Uh... If, if you're listening, hey. <laughs> Welcome, God, boss. I, hope, I know, Sorry I really hope you are, yelling. but also I really hope you're not. <laughs> If you are, please never tell me. You can tell me, though. I would love to know. Yeah, while Danielle laughs at the modifying ordeal of being known, um, book-specific content warnings, uh, being eaten alive, more than one instance of, uh, genocide, question mark, mass extinction, this is dinosaurs. Depersonalization, uh, being lost in morph, uh, the kids themselves getting injured, and discussions around nuclear weapons and detonations. An apology up the top if we make any vor jokes. Yeah. Because I'm I'm terrible. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this was so much stronger than the last Megamorphs book. It like really I was, was I was sort of like, okay, another Megamorphs. Great. And then I was just like, oh, no, they clearly learn the mistakes. Like, there is no shitty overlap yeah. in chapter to chapter. Like, the plot is constantly moving. You just end up moving, swapping between perspectives. Mm-hmm. Like, they clearly found the rhythm of what they wanted to do with these Megamorph books in a way that's not deeply fu- infuriating to read. Yes. So yes. It, it, it trusts the reader to keep up. Uh, so. I did come to it with some uh, measure of trepidation, 
because this was one of my favorites as a kid. Um, and it has gotten a lot of backlash in the fandom uh, for reasons we'll probably discuss. And like, not all of the reasons are bad reasons, um, because this book does get some things very wrong. Um, but also, it like, it's a pretty good book. Yeah, I was gonna say, uh, I and I, I might make this a thing. It's just like the more I enjoy a plot, the more annoying the one element that pisses me off is. Yes, I'm talking about the fucking sharks again. I will not stop talking about the fucking sharks. Why would you ruin a perfectly good book by putting? Anyway, I'm off topic once again. But when the book is really good, otherwise it makes the errors or the suspension of disbelief stuff more egregious. It like sticks more. Yeah. yeah. So. Yeah. But um, uh, yeah. Should we get into it? We should uh get into it. Uh, the story starts with Marco. Uh, we're in Marco's POV, and he is uh kicking himself for getting them all into this mess, kind of. Mm-hmm. Uh, because he saw on the television uh a story about a nuclear submarine that went down. Uh, out in the ocean, not not too far away from where they are, wherever they are. There is so much military presence nearby, wherever the kids live. Mm-hmm. It's very uh, convenient. <laughs> yeah. Um, and you know, we get we get the stere- the stereotypical uh rundown of what's going on and why he has a blowhole. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, but it's, you know, it's a bit shorter than usual. Um, yeah, we, we kind of move through it. Yeah, it's good. Though we get some nice little insights into Marco about how uh, comparing coaches who think you can't play basketball just because you're somewhat not tall to take mm-hmm. worms. I mm-hmm. love that dig on gym coaches. Uh, though, Marco, I'm sorry. He says you c- it, can't, it can even force you to listen to Kenny G. I'm sorry. I love Kenny G's solo <laughs> on uh, last Friday night. <laughs> So, you know, maybe you age up into appreciating good saxophone. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I like the thought that maybe his dad's a fan and it's just like dad music in his mm-hmm. head. Yeah. So, speaking of, yeah. there is this really nice bit of business between him and his dad that's very cute. Like, he's very just like, he was debating about uh, getting up to get more Doritos. And every time I read Doritos in an Animorphs book, I'm happy. <laughs> Because it's just like, yes, we are repping the true Animorphs brand with all our Doritos mentions. Um, <laughs> but like, uh, he's debating about whether to get up and get some Doritos and um, he ends up like, oh, I gotta do something about this. And he gets up and his dad was just like, oh, if you're up, can you get me the thing I clearly wanted you to get? And it's just like <laughs> this nice little bit of business about him mm-hmm. like going back and forth, getting like 26 different things for his dad uh, before mm-hmm. uh walking off in the rain uh to jake's place yeah we get a very fast summary of the group actually that i feel like i should read verbatim just Mm -hmm. because i always like seeing how the kids see each other yeah um jake who is our prematurely middle-aged fearless more or less leader cassie our animal expert and tree-hugging environmental wacko rachel jake's fabulously beautiful but totally insane cousin Tobias, who's a mouse-eating bird, 
the cinema bond chomping andalite scorpion boy we call axe and me marco the sensitive sensible smart and good looking one also modest and honest and did i mention cute <laughs> and it just a casual ableist language aside sanest language aside because it's the 90s and people did just talk like that mm-hmm. doesn't excuse it but mm. i just like how the Getting that take on Cassie, given some of the stuff that comes up with her later in the book, is cool. Mm-hmm. The fact that he refers to Tobias as a bird first, given yeah. stuff that comes up later. Mm-hmm. It's good shit, is my point. Mm-hmm. It's just... Yep. <sighs> I like these subtle little beats that feel like throwaway gags, and then they have payoff later. It makes me mm-hmm. happy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But uh, the submarine is sunk, and they're like, okay, let's do this. And this sucks, because they're on the beach, it's raining, no one's around. I do like this detail about how everyone's soaked with, like, sand caking their shoes, except Rachel, who somehow has a magic ability to repel dirt, mud, and rainwater, which becomes sad later, (laughs) thinking about it. But uh, And they're just like, Ugh, well, at least there's nobody around. We get the age-old adage of what are we going to do with our outer clothing and shoes. And I'm just like, you know you could get like scuba shoes, those really like tight water <laughs> shoes. I think they would work mm-hmm. for morphing. Yeah. Just saying, yeah. kids. Yeah, Just run around in like a wetsuit. Everyone will just think you're a weird surfer. I mean, they live near the beach. <laughs> like. On the Pacific um, Ocean. Mm-hmm. But uh, we get a, a reference to uh, <laughs> just some, we get some good uh, cultural references about like Spider-Man and the Clampettes. Cassie has mm-hmm. no idea. Rachel just is mocking. Um, does a commenting about the unrealistic nature of the Spider-Man suit. <laughs> uh, and Jake's just like, we got to do this. And he's just like, like an old man, he just hates dark overcast days, and Marco comments that it makes him grumpy, mm-hmm. which is just. <laughs> um, Rachel gets in a fun little dig at Cassie about the tragedy of their clothes going missing of, uh, <laughs> and the jeans that don't fit. And Tobias yeah. is also just like, can we just get on with this? Because he's getting rained on and because of how his morphing works, he has to get in the water before he can start morphing dolphin, which is mm-hmm. what they're going to be doing. Um, Axe's human morph is described once again as disturbingly attractive. We get it. You can stop making that gag. Mm. We know. Given the amount of ship fuel I was quite happy to pick through at this book, like a <laughs> snacking buffet... You ain't fooling nobody with that kind of line. I'm sorry that you're not comfortable with your attraction to another perceived masculine person, Marco. Get over yourself. Um, hi, hello. This is Jade. I have opinions. And that's why you're here, to listen to them. God help you, you wonderful dear listeners. Um but they're dolphins, that's why they've got blowholes, blow holes, and we switch to Cassie's POV. Uh, they swim out into the ocean. Um, we get a nice description of morphing dolphin and also how fun it is to be a dolphin. Um, they find where the Navy is patrolling the water. Um, it is mentioned that it took them about 45 minutes to swim out that far. Uh, which is definitely a fact I won't be ranting about later. (laughs) Uh, 
but they find the the location um and they search around they spread out and search around for wherever this sub might be um cassie uh finds it first um that she sees uh the periscope with her echolocation um and uh now that they have found it they're like all right well uh, how do we get the Navy to find it? Because we certainly don't have thumbs and can't rescue them. Uh, and Rachel suggests kidnapping. We're now in Jake's POV. Rachel suggests kidnapping one of the divers. Yeah, because um, they have to and, search divers out as well. Yeah. So. And Jake's like, you know what? Fine. <laughs> and Marco's like, you're listening to Rachel. And Jake's just like, she happens to be right. Okay. And yeah. we're just like, but don't hurt the person. Yep. So they like get behind her and uh, basically push her um, and then drag her once she kind of gets the picture and grabs onto their fins uh, over to where the thing is and then do like the, the little lassie, like dive down, come back up, dive down, come back up, like Timmy's lost in the well. Um, mm -hmm. And uh, eventually she seems to get the picture. They swim about half a mile away. So they demorph, remorph, uh, because all of this took more time than they had between all of this and then swimming back. Um, and as they go back to the sub, they see that, you know, the Navy has picked up on this and has gone into action. Um, and they kind of, like, watch this all happen um, and explain to Axe uh, what the purpose of this submarine bed. Uh, and not the submarine. The submarine yeah, is. And Jake is, like, clearly embarrassed having to explain this. Yes. Uh, Which I find very satisfying to read, given that Jake is cast as this general in their group. Mm -hmm. Having to sort of, and it, I wonder if it's, like, accepting or having to explain about military stuff just reinforces for him what he's having to do. Mm -hmm. It's just like, I don't like thinking about military stuff for that reason. Yeah, you know, like, it's always sad about Jake hours. Yeah, we learn a bit later that like Jake has basically become a a war nerd for sad reasons. Um, and, I hate it. Yeah, thanks. Uh, uh, yeah, and um, and so I think I think his I think his discomfort with it is actually discomfort with like because knowledge? he says the purpose of this kind of submarine is a little embarrassing to explain to an alien um because they've already had to explain like human wars to axe and axe was like uh what the fuck mm. <laughs> mm -hmm. um and so i think having to go into this uh is is embarrassing uh specifically um but they explain it's a military submarine. Uh, specifically, it is a nuclear missile sub. Uh, they're armed with nuclear warheads. Uh, this is one of the nuclear deterrence uh, uh, options that the U.S. has uh, in its military. Um, <clears throat> for those of you who don't know what nuclear deterrence is, uh, basically... Once uh, the U.S. and Russia uh, kind of made a whole lot of atomic weapons, 
they kind of simultaneously realize that, like, you know, if one of us use this, then the other one could just use theirs before they go down, and then everything would be over. We don't like that idea, so we're just going to point our missiles at each other and say, if you don't fire yours, we won't fire ours. And that's just kind of that policy. And, and the number of nations that have nuclear warheads is just... Yes. It, it, we can't go on to a fucking rant about we can. nuclear shit because... Look, we'd be here forever. Well, yeah, CND, they they would get it. I still feel that way. Nuclear weapons are horrifying and terrifying. Yes, and it's it's bad. It's, it's very bad. bad. Um. Uh, and uh, we we get the dark humor of Axe asking, "Well, what enemy are you fighting?" And Margo and Jake being like, well, we don't have one technically right now. <laughs> I'm just thinking, these. I want to quickly check the dates of something. What, what, what year was this one published? Oh, probably 97-ish. Okay. Okay, so this is after the Gulf War. 98. Then. Okay. So this is actually probably yeah. between major US-focused yes. conflicts. Yes. Uh, yes, exactly. This is after the Cold War, quote-unquote, ended. Did it really? Mm. Um, and before 9-11, when the US used that as an excuse to go to, quote-unquote, war uh, mm. with, quote-unquote, terrorists. Um we have opinions about that too. Oh uh, yeah. Yeah. Mm, it's bad. Let's let's yeah. just sum it up. It's all bad. I hate it very much. Mm -hmm. Yes. Um, agreed. But uh as they're watching this stuff happening, they're they're kind of watching and they're like, "Huh. The uh the rescue vehicle is isn't just heading up to the surface. It's like just rest racing away." And all the other ships are racing away. Do you feel like maybe we should also be racing away? Uh. <laughs> uh, and so they turn tail and swim as fast as they can. Um, the rescue vehicle's about a quarter mile ahead of them. Um, uh, and then the sub explodes. I have to assume just like they had an integral uh, structural breach or something, and that's yeah look hand wavy science yes 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 but i assume something became unstable and that was hence the rush to get the yes. crew out of it yes so um that that is i think what we are meant to take from it take from it um is like this wasn't blown up on purpose yeah um, which to be fair i was a little bit confused reading it the first time like i was like yeah. so what happened but uh, this time just like oh okay because it's explained like the sub is like sunk into this fissure in the mm -hmm. ocean floor and they mm -hmm. yeah yeah so but um, um yeah the world <laughs> sort of 
the world went black, as we hear from Jake's perspective, and we cut to Rachel waking up uh, on the surface of the water, still a dolphin. Uh, her first thought, where are the others? Second thought, how long have I been in morph? Yeah. Um, um, because she doesn't know how long she's been out. So before we get into where they uh -huh. have ended up and when they have you ended up. You want to yell about this? Yeah. Um, so I, I did some Googling. Granted, nuclear weaponry is not exactly my forte, but since I last read put, this book. Yeah, they also don't put loads of information about it, you know. <laughs> You know, that's uh, not a thing you necessarily want everyone being super well informed about. Yeah. Wikipedia is surprisingly uh, detailed. Uh, however, um, I, I do know a bit more about, uh, you know, nuclear weaponry than I did as a child. Mm -hmm. Like you do. Mm -hmm. um, you cannot just detonate a nuclear submarine off the coast of the Pacific. <laughs> 45 minutes out from the coast. Let's... The per the perspective, all right? If this is one of the nuclear deterrent submarines that the U.S. uses, it's probably something like an Ohio class, which carries a payload of 12 475 kiloton TNT nuclear warheads. Um, which is just so... They're, they're hydrogen bombs, right? They're not just fission weapons. They are fusion weapons. And therefore, they are significantly more explosive than just regular fission weapons for context little boy which was the atomic weapon that was dropped uh on hiroshima detonated with about 15 kilotons of tnt fat man the one that was dropped on nagasaki detonated with approximately 21 kilotons of tnt both of them combined don't even add up to one of these nuclear warheads that were on the submarine that theoretically all exploded because when one goes off, you would imagine that the others would too. There's a crater in the Pacific Ocean is what I'm saying. Mm -hmm. the, the fallout from this kind of event is unimaginable. so much <laughs> like and they it's it's not just a one-off goof like oh well maybe they just meant it was a nuclear submarine maybe it wasn't like nuclear deterrence no they specifically call them nuclear warheads multiple times throughout this book And, yeah, even if that were the case, and it's just like that sort of way in the 90s that everything's like a nuclear missile, um, mm -hmm. 90s action voice gravel graveliness going on, even this is just a nuclear-powered submarine with your standard ballistics torpedoes, that's still a nuclear reaction, like a nuclear reactor going. You know, in like Chernobyl. Yes. That's so much radiation. Yeah. <laughs> so Not as bad. big as Chernobyl, frankly. It would be a much smaller 
nuclear yes. meltdown, but the radiation that is now just in the ocean mm -hmm. is astronomical. Mm -hmm. Not to it's mention just like the explosion itself, probably vaporizing all of the water around it and jettisoning it into the air as mist. Mm -hmm. Also, like, highly, like, big to get. The kids would have been boiled alive. Yes. <laughs> you know? They didn't get that far away. It wasn't nope. that long. Thankfully, some sci fi bullshit is going to save their asses, as it has done before. But I suppose I can see that they're trying to go for something given what happens later and how things are corrected. Right. It's like, okay, we want something that feels as dramatic. But the yeah, the wider implications of the nature of what this is exploding. Yeah. It no. Look, I've seen notorious documentary about the use of uh I'm talking about Pacific Rim. I've seen that no, I've seen that documentary. They have a nuke go off underwater. It's bad. It I, I'm being oh. flippant because otherwise I could get very frustrated and angry about it. It's it's so like bad. Dan like Danielle is right now. Like <laughs> you can hear how high their blood pressure is right now. <laughs> this is not healthy for them. Uh, well, like I know, yeah. I know it's just sci-fi. I know it's just sci-fi bullshit. But this is for children. Mm hmm. This that like impressionable children who to be. Mm -hmm. <laughs> To be fair, I yeah, I do feel it gets across like nuclear explosion bad, um, but also given some of the comments later about how an alien is deeply unimpressed with fusion power and how it's used to power children's toys, yeah, it's sort of just like can we maybe not be quite so flippant about nuclear stuff and the dangers thereof? Yeah, or put like a thing in the back of your book, like if you're interested in learning more about the truth of these things, here are some good resources. What kids' books should have this? I'm sure they do. What am I saying? I don't read a lot of children's <laughs> literature. <laughs> As a kid, though, I would have loved that. Like further yeah. reading, advised mm -hmm. further reading. Like mm -hmm. if you're interested in these subjects, that would have been sick. Yeah, it. I. Have you? Do you feel like you've purged enough of your rage about this for us to continue reading the I book? Yeah, I feel like we should continue. Yes. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, Rachel wakes up, belly up. First thought is everybody else. In case you wanted to have more feelings about Rachel, uh huh. I mean, which we do always. Um, <laughs> but yes, immediately starts calling around for the others. Um, I appreciate, like, it's Cassie, Tobias, Jake first, in that order. Mm -hmm. Good shit. Love that it's Cassie first. This will also be relevant later. Mm -hmm. Then Marco and Axe. And Marco's just like, I was wondering when you'd get around to calling me. <laughs> and she's just like, yes, good. This is the peak energy I require from their interactions. Yep. Um, and they don't know where any of the others are. Um, they try firing off echolocation. Um, can't find them. Marco has the idea that they dive down and then look up mm -hmm. because uh, the silhouette with the sun above, they'll be silhouetted in the water. And I fucking, my son, you're an asshole, but so smart. Because <laughs> um, it, it's not raining here like it was where they just were. 
weird. Um, Rachel just figures that they might be unconscious for a while, but uh, they swim up to the others after spotting them. Tobias gets bonked awake. Um, <laughs> scary, just like, where's the wildcat? Which is just, it's not quite that. It is a little bit that energy. It- <laughs> which is meant to be the point because Mark's just like Tobias only you would wake up suddenly and be worried about wild cats and Tobias just like try sleeping in a tree in the woods he grumbled you'll worry <laughs> about them too and I do like the continuation of Tobias being grumpy when he first wakes up uh-huh <laughs> um Jake and Axe are able to wake up uh mm-hmm. Cassie however is in a bad way mm-hmm. uh when she comes to um there's blood leaking from her eyes and blowhole, and she's in a lot of pain. And uh, it says, Jake's like, you need to demorph now. And she's able to do so, but it's clearly not comfortable. It's clearly hard work. Mm-hmm. Um, but as she fully demorphs, Rachel's like moves up to support her. And um, Cassie, as soon as she can talk, like, yeah, that sucked. And it's immediately like, okay where what's going on why is it sunny why is the water so calm um and then she's just like using rachel and jake as flotation devices Uh which is just very good cassie using jake and rachel as support i Mm. see you book Mm. Mm -hmm. thank you thank you little cheat for me nom 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 um and she's like so just like so is this isn't a dream and Marco's just like bemoans that it can't be a dream because Carmen Electra isn't there because the Baywatch girls always show up in his dreams. And <laughs> Cassie cuts him off or cuts in before Rachel can uh, make, a joke. make about Carmen Electra having no interest in Marco. Uh, and Cassie's just like, okay, so if it's not a dream, why is there a volcano over there? <laughs> <laughs> And everyone's like, uh, what? And so they dive down, leaving Cassie floundering at the surface. Which is they such dive- a good visual, I it's have so to good. say. Just like, oh, dang, what? And they all dive down so they could do the cool dolphin leap yep. out of the water to get some height. Yep. And then Rachel uh, probably belly flops. Mm-hmm. And there's a volcano. Definitely a volcano. And Jake's like, maybe the explosion caused a volcano? <laughs> And Rachel's just like, I love it as Rachel is just, and this is great. I love this because mm-hmm. Rachel just like gives us a little blurb about how um, that volcano's clearly been there a while. And Jake's like, why do you know so much? Or how do you know so much about volcanoes? Did we do volcanoes at school? It's just like, and then she admits to watching the magic school bus, which is just, <laughs> yes, this is the kind of 90s references I want. Yes. Yes. It's good. Um, uh, but Axe, and then Axe notices, interrupts. Yeah, something big's coming their way. Uh, and everyone's like, "It's just a pair of whales. We saw them earlier." And he's like, mm, "Not whales." You would think <laughs> that they had uh, learned their lesson from Book Fifteen, where he was like, "Hey, there's some fish swimming towards us," <laughs> and they were like, "It's just fish, Axe. Whatever." And he's like, "No, there's some fish." <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, and these are uh, large creature with long necks like a gray green giraffe a uh, very Loch Ness monster looking mm-hmm. fuckers as uh, Marco cries out uh, Rachel's immediate thought is that it's Visa 3 in Morph and then corrects herself when she realizes there's two of them and uh, as the group realizes that these creatures are coming after us Axe gets to be smug as I said Axe said something not whales <laughs> 
And uh, bless. We cut to Tobias's point of view. Who knows yeah. what it was or what mm-hmm. it is. Or at least he thinks. He knows what it looks like. And he's like, I cannot admit my special interest as a child to my friends. I am already a bird. They cannot know how uncool I was, is how this reads. <laughs> yes. But he, I mean, he says as much, because if he's wrong, Marco's going to tease him about it till the day he dies. And he also, yeah. like, I get it, because it's just like, it can't be that. Mm-hmm. Because for all the shit that's happened to them, I do think it's fair to go, like, oh, we're in dinosaur times. I, it's fair that that's not where your brain goes as the logical explanation for your situation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's fair. Yeah, but so Tobias is there. Very like Jack. I feel like I don't know what that is. This is bad, uh, but he fucking swims, <laughs> and he swims fast. And Tobias just like it can't be this. It can't be this. It can't be this the whole yep. time. Yep. Uh, Jake is being the leader and say says we can't outrun them. We either have to split up or fight. Um, and Rachel immediately is like, "Let's fight them. They're just some big squid. Let's get them." And then we get this. Just delicious morsel from Tobias. I liked Rachel even before I became a hawk, but now I really like her. She could be a bird of prey. She'd be a natural. Kiddo. (laughs) We love you. Uh, First of all, I die. uh He loves her so much. Uh Uh, But second of all, a natural at a bird of prey... Like you? My bird son? <laughs> uh, um, but basically what, he's like... What if we were in love and we were both birds? <laughs> <laughs> what if we were riding the thermals together? <laughs> okay, we need to get off the ship train. For the There's a lot of books to get through. Um, but this this is this is him complimenting and then switching and saying, okay, but she's definitely not right about this because this is very bad. Yeah. And um, she points out, we haven't tried yet, and he's about to possibly explain, but then something even bigger shows up coming up from below. Like some weirdly massive oversized dolphin, 50 feet long, very large jaws open wide. And it c- gets hold of Tobias. And Rachel. Yeah, yeah, it tosses them up like seabirds do with a fish Mm -hmm. and swallows Tobias whole along with Rachel, uh, who is incredibly pissed at having been swallowed. Let me be clear. It's (laughs) hilarious because he's just like, because he realizes somebody's next to him and it's a dolphin. Mm -hmm. And it's just like, it's me, an enraged voice cried, Rachel, who did you expect? Jonah? (laughs) We have to get out. I'm sorry, I love her being pissed about this. She's like, I didn't even get to fight this motherfucker and it ate me? <laughs> Rude! It's um, not going to digest me. How fucking dare it? Uh, which becomes relevant because uh, they are aware of the stomach acid they are in. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Rachel's just like, it's not digesting me, I'm going to morph. And Device points out like, the stomach acid will do so much worse damage to a human. Mm-hmm. But she's just like, yeah, no, it's, it's the only choice to get to something that can do damage. And she starts morphing. Yeah. Um, and Tobias isn't about to let her do it alone. But he has to go to bird morph, for, or back to his bird form. 
and being a small creature with delicate bones yep. in a pool of acid. And I didn't know what this was. And then I was like, huh, big rock-like things in the stomach. I don't know what that is. And I see that Danielle has put the actual biological term in our document. <laughs> and I'm like, I love my friend. <laughs> they are so smart. Yeah, it's uh, they're, they're called gizzard stones in like real live creatures. Um, but gastroliths when they're found with like fossils. But it, it it it's a gizzard stone. Um, See, I did. I haven't even heard that term because I am <laughs> not an animal person. <laughs> so, but um, yeah, Rachel has managed to get fully human. Is suffocating. Mm-hmm. Um, again, like we've seen before, uh, Tobias runs out of oxygen quicker. Mm-hmm. And uh, his last conscious thought before he passes out is him as a kid playing with a figurine of this animal that he's inside mm-hmm. that he'd memorized all the facts of. And he's just like, they were wrong. I thought as my mind shut down, it's bigger than they said. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then he passes out. Yeah. We cut to Jake's perspective. Cassie is losing it. Understandably mm-hmm. so. Um, and Jake it's just like, he knows. As, as Cassie's screaming that this creature has Rachel and Tobias, Jake's like, I knew. I'd been on the surface when the monster had snatched them up and tossed them down its throat, but I couldn't think about that. I still had three people with me. I had to save them. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, oof. He's 13. Uh-huh. God. And like... And he's just like sizing up the threats and he's just telling everybody to dive. Marco is going to, goes to question it and he just bellows to do it. And they list, everyone listens in that moment because Jake doesn't yell. Mm -hmm. So when he does, you know, shit's getting real. Yeah. Uh, And his plan does work because his idea is basically dive and then these predators that are chasing us have to encounter each other yeah um and they'll they'll decide they have to fight over fight each other over who gets to eat us um we can get Mm -hmm. out um cassie refuses to leave rachel and tobias um and jake is just not having it can you beat that thing cassie i demanded you want to stay here and try sooner or later those creatures will decide who we belong to well we have to run while they're fighting over us and he orders marco and axe to literally drag her away. And she is screaming as they do so for them to let her go, calling out Rachel's name. And Jake feels sick to his stomach. He's mad at Cassie, uh, scared, beaten, and for some reason even mad at Rachel and Tobias. But mostly I felt sick what was happening. And I read that mad at Cassie and I... Partly what part of me wanted to if it's like frustration, because it's just like, mm-hmm. I need you to listen to me right now. I need to keep you safe. Why won't you yeah. let me keep you safe? But also, and I felt this, like that resentment at somebody else getting to be sad and mm-hmm. upset when you can't or you can't let yourself. Yep. And making this decision even harder for him. Yeah. It's just like, come on, I, this is hard enough. Yeah. 
Like, it does make me think of like walking past a kid screaming, like having a tantrum. I say tantrum, could be having some kind yeah. of meltdown. I don't know, but just saying, yeah, fucking mood, kid. Yeah. <laughs> I'll drink, I'll drink to that. Just sort of mm-hmm. like, yeah. And Cassie, eventually she swims on her own, but she is just completely devastated by this. Like it's, it is brought up over and over and over again in this book. She is absolutely destroyed by the thought of Rachel being dead. Um, Mm. And it, uh, it, I feel like it, it's, it is her grief. Mm, Absolutely. Very well written. Mm. Agreed. And when I when I said at the top about the characterization in this book, so often I don't understand why the writing choices about Cassie have been made the way they are, or it feels like they're being done to be that argument right. and never given more thought than that. Even though she has some points later that I disagree with, her yeah, as you said, her grief here is just like it's palpable. Mm-hmm. Um, but they but, make it yeah. to shore mm-hmm. um, and they demorph um, Axe takes a few extra minutes to be in human morph because he is ever aware of the fight that they're having um, and, and the danger of him appearing in Andalite form to humans um, and he's the first one who notices that something is extremely wrong not just with what just happened but with their situation in general um jake is is gone the boardwalk is gone uh jake is wallowing a little bit um but eventually he kind of gets with it when marco kind of drags him forward um there's no boardwalk there's no buildings there are no people there is no trash um, they can't no. hear seagulls. Yeah. Uh, this is very, very obviously not their home. Um, and, uh, like, they, they are just completely baffled at what possibly could have happened to, like, could, could the explosion have blown us to some deserted island? Yeah. Who who the fuck knows? Yeah. Um I sorry. Um, I was just gonna pick up and carry on. Didn't want to cut you off. Mm-hmm. Um Jake is just like doesn't know. He's most of his brain's still on Rachel and Tobias. But he like feels this urgency and this little voice telling him to get it together. A little warning voice telling me we were not safe. And there is a lot of that in this book. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Danielle's doing their knowing, mm-hmm, I fear. Um, we have a lot of instances of the kids hearing what sounds like their own voice telling them to do stuff in this book. Mm-hmm. I love it. I also hate it because it's enough time travel bollocks for me to know. It's just like, how are these kids talking to themselves from the future? I don't know what's happening because I don't think this is just a metaphorical kind of telling yourself to do a thing. <laughs> it's not feeling like that. <laughs> so, Ay. Sorry. Anyway, 
tiny yeah. little run about that over. <laughs> Note how Danielle isn't confirming or disapproving my theory, which means it's a spoiler. And I'm mad about it. We read these books like one every two weeks, you guys. <laughs> anyway. Um, but yeah, Axe has wandered off or down, down the road and he's trying to understand something. Um, mm-hmm. Jake's so idly notices that the sand is different. Mm-hmm. Um, sees tracks that he thinks might have been made by some large birds. Uh, and get some sudden illogical rush thinking that maybe they'd been left by Tobias. There you go, Jake Tobias, shippers, I'm, I know you're there. Um, <laughs> looking like they've been made by talons. Um, but they're too big mm-hmm. uh, for that. Um, and Jake is blaming himself, um, saying, thinking that he's gotten Tobias and Rachel killed. If only he'd been watching ahead, he, could, he would have seen the threat coming, uh, how he should have had everyone move sharp. Uh, morph shark than they could have fought and then just like should have should have should have and um yeah cassie knows there's no footprints or no human footprints and axe is looking at this sort of alleyway through the trees uh where branches have been bent aside or broken um and the top thirds of the trees have been stripped of leaves and uh, Marco staring too, um, and Jake. Uh, Marco bumps into Jake, and Jake sort of falls into this hole in the sand. Um, and Axe is just like, "Okay, I know I'm new here, but <laughs> what sort of animal does this?" Mm-hmm. And Jake assumes it was a tornado, mm-hmm. given the scale of what it is. Mm-hmm. And Axe just like, "Ah, does a tornado have feet?" And Jake almost smiles. It's like, no, a tornado is a windstorm. Then this was not caused by a tornado. Whatever did this has feet. How do you know? Cassie asked. Because Prince Jake is standing in one of the footprints. A footprint of an ele- could be of an elephant, except the toes are more like claws. And the print sank at least six inches into the sand and four feet across. So that's great. Mm-hmm. I really do appreciate, like, just like having seen, and they have, these kids have seen Jurassic Park because it gets mm-hmm. mentioned a few times. Mm-hmm. And the fact that nobody goes, yo, that's a dinosaur footprint. <laughs> I think, I think we're still very solidly in the disbelief stage mm-hmm. of the, of the, like, that's a dinosaur footprint. Mm-hmm. Someone must be playing a bad prank. <laughs> like, yeah. Because as we move to Cassie's perspective, it's just sort of like looking at these trees and it's just like, okay, something ate the leaves at the top. And she's just like, yep. those trees are 30 feet tall. And he's just, and they're just like taking in all of this various information about what has done this to the landscape. And Jake looks at Cassie like, do you know anything that could have left this? And uh, Cassie's just like, no, <laughs> she doesn't say that. Uh, she just shakes her head. But is able to sort of mm-hmm. go on. It's really funny because she she thinks to herself, Jake thinks I'm some kind of animal expert. But then she goes on like analyzing the footprints and how the thing must have eaten the tops of the leaves. <laughs> like and a how giraffe. its tail swept. Yeah. And it's like, okay, Cassie, clearly you don't know everything about animals, but you are the animal expert of the team. Mm-hmm. 
Um, but yeah, and bless, he asks if it's a giraffe, and she's just like, not a giraffe. And Jake is clearly trying to process it, and Cassie is feeling sympathetic for him, because uh, while they're all confused, Jake's the one that gets stuck making choices. Mm-hmm. Um, and I did like, but I felt sorry for him. He'd been right to drag me away from those sea monsters. I should have told him that. But poor Rachel, poor Tobias, what was I ever going to do without Rachel? Rachel had been my best friend forever. I couldn't imagine not seeing her every day. And she realizes that she's crying and probably has been off and on since they got out of the sea. And uh, Jake hugs her. I mean, he says one arm around her shoulders. This is a hug. Mm-hmm. And telling her, don't cry, don't give up on Rachel and Tobias. If you know Rachel, if there's a way to survive, she'll find it. And Cassie's like, yep, you're right. We need to focus. Uh, he took his arm away and suddenly seemed awkward. I think he expected Marco to make some smirky remark, but Marco has a good heart. He knows when to let things go. Besides, I knew Marco was almost as sad as I was. Mm-hmm. Love that good character insight into each other. Yep, Cassie's so good at it. Mm-hmm. Um, Jake uh, basically makes a decision. He's like, all right, well, I guess we're going to go to the f- towards the forest but not along that path uh because we don't want to meet whatever made that um but obviously wherever we are some island somewhere africa south america wherever we are there have to be people right just not here on the beach <laughs> um and uh Basically, Cassie says she caught a glimpse of a clearing way back in the trees. Could be a village. And they're like, all right, we're gonna... We're, we're gonna... Wa- that seems like a direction to walk in. Great. Um, and so they just start walking. Um, which is... Hilarious, because all of them have bird morphs. <laughs> the judgmentalness of Danielle in our document. <laughs> 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 you're hilarious you are hilarious if to, if tobias had been there they would have all made the thought yeah. to do it but they are traumatized I mean, right fair. now my good friend danielle can you maybe be less harsh to the 13 year olds not opting to go to bird morph right away i, They're not cool I would be less harsh <laughs> if it didn't feel like a contrived excuse for them not to be not to easily get where yeah, they're going, it's, you know. Yeah, and there's there's a, a few too many yeah. of those in this book. I agree, um, um, but yeah, they're suffering with how humid it mm-hmm. is. Um, I do feel like the description of how big some of the plants mm-hmm. are, um, but they get to uh, a river. Um, Cassie observes that it feels more like tropical vegetation around mm-hmm. them, and Jake just drinks some water. Yep. And, I, and my brain just goes, oh, parasites, bad, <laughs> bad. Um, but it's fresh water. Uh, Cassie's just like, yeah, I guess we can get shots. <laughs> For whatever it is. Uh, and to be fair, yeah, because they are so humid. It is so humid. And bear in mind also with the being crying mm-hmm. as well. Um, yeah. Crying dehydrates you fast. Yeah. And like, sure, diseases in the water can kill you. Dehydration will kill you mm-hmm. faster. Kill you faster. <laughs> yeah. 
And Cassie does point out that it's running water and standing water is the really dangerous thing. And this is the first hint of Cassie's mad survivor mm-hmm. skills that are gonna, we're going to see more of later. But I love that my girl could like put Bear grills to shame. <laughs> She's all in just like with the knowledge and the making of the thing. Yep, it's very yep, good. Yep. Um, but they're drinking water. And then a creature very much like a crocodile because some people just reached peak evolution earlier <laughs> than everybody else. Um, but it's a big crocodile. Um, and Cassie's like, that's not right. She's like, yeah, no kidding. No, I mean, it's too big. The jaw was too long and thin. Um, and Axe is just like, I'm going to demorph. Um, and Jake's like, oh, have you been in morph too long? And it's just like, no, but I am frightened. I don't want to have a fight in this weak human body. Um, and Jake's just like, yeah, fair. <laughs> um, and asks Cassie, look, I don't mean to hit you with this, but you know more about animals than any of us. Where on earth are we? And she's rattling through the stuff they've encountered and she just doesn't mm-hmm. know. Um so he turns and jake's like in leader mode turns to axe just like okay axe you know more about physics than the rest of us um and ask if an explosion or how an explosion could have blown them so far mm-hmm. positioning like madagascar or wherever it is and axe is just like it couldn't Jake's just like okay <laughs> that clears up everything <laughs> um and cass is just like maybe when we find people we can get an mm-hmm. answer so, um, they move towards this clearing and, uh, they encounter, uh, a creature. Um, they think it might be a cow or a deer from the sounds they hear mm-hmm. first. Um, cause Cassie like recognizes the sounds of grazing. Yep. Uh, and they look at it and, um, it's not clear what species of dinosaur it is. I'm sure somebody it, would know, but long stegosaur. neck. Oh, yeah. Uh, oh, along its back were bumpy bony things uh, like armor plating and they're all the kids much like Ellie and Dr. Grant in that uh-huh. one scene in Jurassic Park who are just like huh and Cassie's just like when they finally like get enough of themselves together to speak Cassie's like I think it's a baby and Marco just like a baby Cassie it's a dinosaur <laughs> <laughs> which is just that's the kind of interactions I love um but before they can be witness to any more of the awesomeness of this, uh, enter a T-Rex. Yep. Who is uh, out for a snack. Yep. The fact that they can all recognize a Tyrannosaurus Rex for what yeah. it is. Like, they hear it first, crashing behind them, the impact of huge taloned feet, the blast of the roar, and it just leaps over the kids and uh grabs this dinosaur baby dinosaur that huge square familiar head um bites the baby dinosaur's head Mm -hmm. off and the kids very intelligently book it though it's described as i didn't know what was happening my mind was gone gone in out of control terror i'll I'll talk about it a little more but the the way that they're just over totally controlling terror is written um is mm. really good 
Um, and I think it, I think it really speaks to the, the kind of hot lizard brain, um, like reaction to being hey. chased by just a predator, a predator that is bigger and stronger mm -hmm. than you in every way. Um, and knows where you are is actively chasing you and you cannot outrun it. Like the, the gibbering terror of that, I think, is very different from a lot of the terror we've seen them experience, except for maybe mm -hmm. when uh, Visser 3 killed Elfangor. Um, yeah. Because, like, they've been in a lot of really scary situations and have been really fucking scared. But we haven't seen them. But this yeah, is we terror. Haven't seen them this, this is way. out of your head yeah. terror. Um, and I think it's really, really good. Mm. Um, um, but then we cut to Rachel, also in a very shitty situation. Yep. Um, but this is incredible because Rachel is like, she's blind, her skin's burning, she's being pummeled, crushed, smashed and beaten, and all it's doing is pissing mm -hmm. her off. It's incredible. Um, she knows Tobias is there because he's not thought speaking. Uh, she figures that, um, well, she doesn't know where he is and he isn't thought speaking. Um, she's telling herself to morph, um, but she's getting weaker. She's trying to focus. Her head is spinning. And we have this moment of why fight it? I was done for. Um, it's just like, not yet. You're not done for, Rachel. I told myself, not yet. I might not survive, but by God, I was going to deal with this creature before I went down. Uh, from far off, I could sense the changes occurring. I knew I was growing, but too weak, too weak. No time. No time. And once I dug out, I'd find water, not air. Air. I needed air. Some nagging part of my brain kept saying lungs. I felt like saying, yes, I know. I'm suffocating. I know all about my lungs. They hurt. They're heaving, gasping, crying for air. And I swear as I swelled down into the darkness, there came a voice clear as a bell in my head. My own voice, but from outside of my own head. No, you idiot. It said, not your lungs. Duh. <laughs> It was the weirdest thing, but suddenly I could see myself clearly. I even knew that I was halfway morphed. I had blonde hair on my head and coarse brown fur on my face. I was crushed inside the gizzard of the beast. A tiny crumpled bundle of feathers was pressed against me. I could see it all. But better than that, I could see what the voice meant. I was enclosed in a cage made up of massive ribs. But right there, just a foot away, was air. And our girl Rachel just rips into this creature's lungs from the inside. Uh -huh. And it's baller as fucking hell. <laughs> uh, I yeah. love this. Like, the action in this book is fucking yeah. dope. Yep. Um, but yeah, she is able to tear into this creature's lungs and air, like, pours into the space that mm -hmm. she's in. Uh, she shouts to Tobias, in Thought Speak, to breathe, now that there is air. And she keeps uh, ripping... Uh, works on ripping their way uh, out of this creature, uh, digging down to avoid the ribs, uh, hits water, as it were, or punctures through. Um, but the creature, uh, to find that the creature has beached itself. Um, and she's only like in like five, six feet of water. Um, fucking badass. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I love her. Uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, Tobias is like fluttering in the water next and she picks him up as gently as she can and 
lumbers towards her and she's like, Tobias, are you okay? Do I look okay? <laughs> um, he is not in a good way. Busted wing, feathers are fucked, half his tail feathers have been ripped out or eaten away. It, like, I'm a definite mess. Uh, but on my other, on the other hand, I'm alive. So, and uh, this is where these two start realizing they're not in Kansas mm-hmm. anymore. Um, what's interesting is we get it from Rachel's perspective is how it's the absence of a scent mm-hmm. and how everything smells clean. And she's like, I should be smelling something, but I'm not. And Tobias obviously has figured it out already. And uh, we're just like, yeah, car exhaust, the smell of fossil fuels burning, the faint smell of background pools and grease belching fast food restaurants, the smell of humid sweat, perfume garbage. In other words, all the smells of civilization. And Rachel's just like, yeah, exactly. You're right. Too right. I I, I like when Rachel is pissy (laughs) like this. Because she's like, look, I just clawed our way out of a sea creature. Can you please be helpful? (laughs) Um. Just like, and she's like, what's going on? Just like, well, my wings and tail are a mess, but my eyes are still working. I can see what you can't. You can't see smells. No, but I can see that small herd across the river, that small herd of hadrosaurs over there. What's a hadrosaur? I demanded. I was getting annoyed at the way Tobias sounded like he was about to say something important and he couldn't quite spit it out. Hadrosaurs were a group of duck-billed dinosaurs. Tobias, would you mind making just a little bit of sense? <laughs> dinosaurs? And he just then proceeds to rattle off the names of the long-necked creatures uh, and the thing they just chewed their way out of. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. I waited for him to laugh at his own joke, only he didn't laugh. Dinosaurs? Yeah, dinosaurs. Oh, man, Tobias, we are going to need some better morphs. <laughs> just like, she might not be the strategist, but she sure as fuck is a tactician mm-hmm. in her way. Yep. Because she has that thought way before anybody yep. else does. So, <sighs> uh, and now we have our next point of plot contrivance that's deeply irritating. Because yes. uh, we cut to Tobias's perspective. Um, he's extremely in pain. Um, he doesn't have very many morphs. The only useful morph he has is his human one. But humans aren't super helpful in the world of dinosaurs, <laughs> turns out. Uh, at least in his hawk body, he could fly away from danger. Unfortunately, his hawk body's a fucking mess. Um, uh, Rachel's like, where, what do we do? Where are the others? Do you think they made it? Tobias, uh, tries to extend his wing to see what the damage is. Cries out in pain. She asked if it hurts. And he's like, nah, not really. It's fine. <laughs> Tobias, my dude. And she's just like, <laughs> yeah. And she's just like, why don't you morph back to human, then back to your bird body? And she's just like, rightly assumes that based on all events of the book series so far, (laughs) that doing so will reset the injuries when he goes back to Hawk. You know, because that would make sense. (laughs) But it doesn't work. And to be fair, I appreciate Rachel going, this makes no sense, sounding as outraged <laughs> as I did. Um, and at least Tobias is just like, Rachel, in case you hadn't noticed, our lives stopped making sense that day we walked through the construction site and had a spaceship land in front of us. Uh, and he poses, maybe it's an effect from the time travel, maybe the Elamist messed up when he gave me back my powers. Um, it'd be a relief to think the guy is capable of screwing up. 
Um, and she's like, mm, and okay. then he makes the second dumb sure. decision. Because uh, she's like, mm-hmm. all right, well, morph to human. We can get walking. And he's like, no, I need to heal. You need to set my wing. And then I just need to stay as a hawk until it heals. Like, buddy, friendo, you're in the middle of nowhere. You have no idea where you are. You have no idea where your friends are or if they're safe or if you're safe. What you need to do right now is morph something like a hork which I know you have the morph for. And... Uh, Use that to get to safety, morph every two hours, and then once you're safe, worry about setting your broken bone and then not doing anything for three to four weeks while it fucking heals. Like, yeah, but Danielle, then you wouldn't have good hurt comfort. <laughs> I know. The things we imprint on as children, huh? Yeah, because, like, it goes on to, like, uh, Tobias says, all right, well, Rachel, you're going to have to set my wing so that it doesn't heal crooked or else I'll be flying in circles, um, which, which is, is adorable. adorable. Uh, and uh, he's like, all right, so you got to like use some of the fabric from your morphing outfit and some twigs. Um, and he helps her like tear her leotard so that she can uh, use the nylon. Um, and... Just, <laughs> I do appreciate we have this nod, and I like this. It's like, like we sort of this is Rachel doing a bit of a Marco because mm-hmm. she makes a crack about how he can't break his other wing because she can rock having a bare midriff. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if she has to tear any more off her leotard, it's going to get embarrassing. <laughs> and so I was just like, hey, I'm a hawk, remember? I would never even look. And then I just look into the camera, like, on the opposite, <laughs> like, sure, buddy. Sure. Okay. Um, but. But then, then we have the upsetting scene of Rachel having to spread Tobias's wing and splice yep. it. Uh, it's extremely painful, um, but she does it. She does really well, actually. Um, and even though it is, even for her, extremely stressful, and uh, like she comes, she comes out of it sweating and pale, um, and yeah. not knowing how Cassie does because that shit. <laughs> Yeah. And the thing is, like, obviously, as the kind of mind he has, Tobias isn't going to attack mm-hmm. her for doing it like a wild bird mm-hmm. would. And I also, part of me wonders if Rachel would find that easier to deal mm-hmm. with because she's a soldier. She's not a sadist. Yeah. And this is somebody she cares mm-hmm. about. And, like, for those of us that, like, live with animals, if you even, like, st- accidentally, like, put the smallest amount of weight on your cat or dog's yep. paw and they make that noise or look at you hurt it feels awful yep having to like reset somebody's bones mm-hmm. has got to be a horrifying thing to do yep. and like given my very limited understanding of bird anatomy these are quite delicate mm-hmm. bones <laughs> And, like, given how strong we know she is, the fear that must be going through that if she fucks up, she could make this yeah. worse has got to be so much. Like, no wonder she's sweating yeah. and pale by the end and of And on it. the other end, we have Tobias trying to trying not to scream so he doesn't make it worse for her. Um, mm-hmm. uh, it's 
And afterwards, he's just like, you did great. No training, no experience. You did great. It's, it's, it's just some, it's a treat for me. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's just, Danielle can has a, has a comfort, her comfort scene as a treat. <laughs> like, just, uh, it's, it, I had the, I had the realization as I read this, because this is one of those scenes that stuck in my head, obviously. Um, and like I, I knew uh-huh. it was coming, and when I reread it, I was like, "Huh." You look at your uh, history of writing fan fiction and go, "Oh." <laughs> I'm just gonna casually glance over in the direction of Sir Dark Feather for a moment, <laughs> look back at Danielle, and raise an eyebrow and say nothing. <laughs> like, uh, like you can almost directly trace back. Firebird sweet to this moment. <laughs> Danielle's experiencing some hardcore buckle right now. You know, being seen, being known. Uh, it it was an experience, is what I'm saying. Uh, you know, the the very much of the I hope this doesn't awaken anything in me kind. Um. <laughs> And here we are. Uh, But it's good. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And so Rachel, like that done, like back with her human eyes and can focus on something other than Tobias. And it's just like, so what is this Jurassic Park? And Tobias is like probably more like Cretaceous Park. I think hadrosaurs were more common in the Cretaceous. You're American. You pronounce many things differently to me. That's true. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) um but rachel just like i've known you a long time device i don't remember you ever talking about dinosaurs (laughs) Uh, because this kid is a dinosaur nerd in the way that i think a lot of children especially of like like the millennial Mm -hmm. generation i think dinosaurs hold a lot of appeal regardless but with jurassic park coming out and like maybe reintroducing or putting it on the landmark like i remember going to see a dinosaur exhibit at like uh the natural history Mm -hmm. museum and thinking it was the Mm -hmm. coolest shit so but this this is some delightfully on the nose uh autistic tobias Mm -hmm. vibes um because he says that it was when he was staying with his uncle he was got super into dinosaurs um and oh if you want some Uh sad tobias feels he would um when his uncle got drunk and yelling at the TV uh, and yelling at Tobias if he made noise, he would go to his room and just play dinosaurs with his toys and his books. Yeah. You know, that's sad. Yeah. Uh, all of those references I make to Tobias's abusive as fuck aunt and uncle points to this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. But uh, they start making their way up the bank of the river or Rachel is climbing and Tobias is riding on her shoulder describing himself as dead useless mm-hmm. weight and how hard it is to hold on without digging his claw his talons in uh, and he's sure that he's hurt her but she doesn't say anything mm-hmm. um, but uh, she uh, they get to the top he I, he's able to sort of confirm that it's uh, the Cretaceous yep, period there are flowers Rachel asks yeah she asks the difference uh, we get uh, him explaining um, what that difference mm-hmm. is. And she's just like, oh, okay, so it's the leftover dinosaurs because this is after the Jurassic period, not like the ones in Jurassic Park. <laughs> just like, uh, well, not actually. 
see Jurassic Park slightly inaccurate. I mean, some of the dinosaurs they showed were actually from this time. And she's just like, you're not going to tell me what I hope you're not going to tell me, are you? Uh, and then we get the real, I'm afraid so. This is the age of the most relentless, powerful, dangerous, ruthless predator in all of history. This is the age of the Tyrannosaurus Rex. And before we cut back to the kid, the other kids currently running for their lives, I don't know if it's, because I remember reading about the whole thing, like the suggestion that maybe the T-Rex wasn't the apex predator mm -hmm. that people think it is. Because I love that, the notion of this real large, like, sca almost sca scavenger. But all really I can think of when I think of T-Rexes is that scene in Meet the Robinsons <laughs> where the kids are hiding in the apex yeah. of the slope yeah. building and the dinosaur, the T-Rex is like headbutting in, just like, get them, get them. And he says, and, and I use this yep. line a lot because he has a little, the bowler hat on that can, uh, let him transmit his thoughts to the villain. He's like, my head is too big and my arms are too small. And it's just like, <laughs> brings me, Meet the Robinsons is like greatly underrated. Yeah. It, it's, anyway. um, Tyrannosaurus, uh, we've learned a lot about it because it is, uh, in the way that much uh, megafauna is, it it gets a lot of the research money because it's everyone's really interested in it. Um, and we know that since we know that uh, Tyrannosaurus was the in the branch of theropods that evolved into birds, that it was likely a warm-blooded, extremely active. Um, predator there was a period of time where we thought it might have been a sca mostly a scavenger but that has mostly been retracted um uh, i mean it probably did scavenge things it, it is probably like many other predators in that it is opportunistic um and mm. it probably is not the bloodthirsty monster that they painted here um just because uh, drama um like mm -hmm. a a T-Rex that had just killed a small stegosaurus for its meal isn't going to start chasing after some humans as long as the humans le left it the fuck alone, you know? Um, yeah. But uh uh we'll say if we got given how dope T-Rexes are, um I've I've been lucky enough to go to the Field Museum in Chicago oh, and see Sue the T-Rex. Um, I love that the actual skeleton that's fully erected can't have the real head, the real skull on it because it's too mm -hmm. heavy. So they have a model, a like replica skull on that, and then the actual T-Rex skull is like mm -hmm. in a case upstairs, and you can like go and look at it, and it's so mm -hmm. fucking cool. Yeah, uh, Andrew and I are talking about uh, going to Chicago for our anniversary this year to see Sue. The Field Museum is such a treat. I had a, yeah, such a I, good time. I am crossing my um, fingers that things won't get so bad that we won't be able to again. Fingers crossed. But yeah, no, I, I'm a Dresden yeah. Files fan, uh -huh. or I have been in the past. Uh, and just like, yeah, we can't start talking about that one <laughs> Dresden file with Sue the T-Rex. <laughs> but, but know that I'm on the same page yep. as you right now, Danielle. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, but we cut to Marco. Yeah. Cut to Marco, who is being um, chased by a real-life T-Rex. <laughs> Yeah, and he's, and I appreciate, given how Marco quite freely admits to being cowardly mm -hmm. sometimes, this is somebody who is sort of very aware of his own limitations as much as he likes to big mm -hmm. himself up. So seeing him be so like straightforward, just like, 
He was screaming. He's crying. It's panic. Leaves are slapping his face. Twigs are whipping against his arms. Um, This creature is still chasing. 40 feet long from head to tail, 12,000 pounds, seven-inch serrated edge teeth. Somebody else was a dinosaur (laughs) kid. Just saying. Um, Intelligent eyes. Um, And he's just like, okay, I should morph. Um, But what could I morph? Nothing's going to stand up to a T-Rex. Um, he sees the others like in flashes, like also running. And he has the idea to, um, get small. Um, but he sort of, he gets, uh, a tree sort of gets, he trips over a tree root, wins himself, mm-hmm. um, and sort of has to roll out of the way, uh, from one of the T-Rex's feet. Um, he dodges out of the way again as the dinosaur kicks out. Somebody yells at him to morph, you idiot, and he recognizes his own voice. Fucking, mm, I really want to know what the deal is with this. Um, But he starts trying to morph, almost like inspired by the giant talon slamming down next to him, uh, and tries to morph Osprey, Mm -hmm. something small enough to get away and that can fly. Um. But the, t- the T-Rex is like snapping around the trees and we get this sort of observation about just how powerful that Tyrannosaurus mm-hmm. Rex is. Um, and he is screaming in terror. Uh, the T-Rex bites the tree in half. Yeah. Um, he's partially morphed so he can barely move. Um, and bless him, he finally manages to morph, starts lying and smacks into a tree mm-hmm. trunk. Um, and he's there days on the floor and is ready to be like killed by the T-Rex, but then, um, Axe intervenes, um, like strikes out. Uh, the T-Rex is able to knock Axe aside with its giant head, but, uh, it falls and, uh, uh the others pick mm. up Marco, uh, as the T-Rex falls down dead. So yeah, uh, we cut to Axe's POV. Uh, I wiped. I do have to comment about Axe saving yeah. his man because of it, who I am yeah. as a person. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for understanding. <laughs> <laughs> like Axe is the only person that right. could have yes. intervened in yes. that moment, and he's like wiping his tail blade. She's like, unfortunately, more than my tail was stained. She's like, huh, you figure going cutting into something that big with something that sharp. I imagine he's probably liberally mm-hmm. covered in blood. Yeah. Um, but everyone's looking at the dead T-Rex. Marco's morphing back. At, uh, Jake is just like, nice work. Um, he slapped his hand on my shoulder. It is a thing humans do to indicate friendship or congratulations. Sometimes they do it to kill small insects called mosquitoes. Just <laughs> like, yes. But Marco is just like, you saved my life. And it's like, I was fortunate. And Jake's just like, no, you, you took it down. And just like, Jake, play with Prince Jake. Please don't think I can fight and defeat these creatures. <laughs> this animal was busy chasing Marco. It was distracted. It is not accustomed to being attacked. And Cassie's like, you're being modest. Or you're just being most like, no, I said more sharp than I'm intended. Listen to me. I know my capabilities. 
In face-to-face, one-on-one combat, that creature would have destroyed me. One against one, I will lose 90% of the time. Oh, Prince Jake said. And Mug's just like, yeah, well, you came through big time on this go-round. Uh, and he, he's ha- he can't stop shaking. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. And so there's a realization, okay, so what are we doing? Well, what's going on? Why are there dinosaurs here? And Axe obviously doesn't know. Just like. Is there not some place on your planet where this creature lives? She's just like, no, not for millions of years. Um, <laughs> so, uh, there is no place on Earth where Tyrannosaurus is just running around the woods. Yeah, I think we'd have heard about it in school, Marco said. I believe his tone of voice indicated something the humans call dry humor. I have not heard any wet humor, so it is difficult for me to tell the difference. I don't know what wet humor is, but I love this notion so much. <laughs> But yes. Uh but uh their terror is fading and they're still they're just brainstorming what could possibly have happened. Um and Jake's like, maybe someone cloned dinosaurs like Jurassic Park? And Axe is like, you know, that is scientifically possible, but I have been feeling a strange distortion in my timekeeping sense. This planet is no longer rotating at the same speed as before. I think the likely explanation is that we have traveled a very, very long way in time. Uh, and we bring up our uh, old friend, the Sario Rip, a time rift, um, which we last experienced in book 11 with uh, Jake's adventure in the Amazon. Um, and Jake's like, it, it can send us back millions of years in the future, tens of millions of years in, in the past. Uh, and Axe is like, well, once the rift is created, there's no difference between a year and a million years. The energy required is the same. And he starts rattling off some, uh, gobbledygook, uh, about mm-hmm. the, the equations. And Marco's just like, it's so cute. Uh-uh. You saved my life. Don't undo it by killing me with algebra. Um, we get another instance of Axe being like, I'm not an expert. We studied it in school, but I wasn't paying attention. Uh, Axe the jock uh, gives me life. Yeah, who who knew I'd ever need to understand time rifts? Um, <laughs> and Axe is like, I don't know how we get back. We don't have a way of duplicating the event that created the Sario Rip, the explosion in the submarine. So when when we last saw this effect, um, it was basically a race to uh, recreate the blast from the bug fighter in order to undo the effect of the rip. Um, now they don't have that same kind of time constraint, of course, because they don't, they're not going to exist in the same, in two places at the same time with this. Um, but it, they, they don't have a bomb. Um, and Marco's just like, what, you just can't whip up a fusion bomb? And Axe is like, a fusion explosion? Uh, I assumed it was a small proton shift weapon, at least. Fusion is only used in children's toys, you know, to make the little dolls speak and so on. And everyone just, like, looks at him like, uh, what the fuck, dude? I do like, so the Andalite Toys R Us must be a wild (laughs) place, huh? Uh. And Jake's just like, okay, let's focus. Um... Rachel and Spice may have been killed. There's nothing they can do about it either way. 
We're millions of years in the past. There's nothing we can do about it. We're in the age of dinosaurs. None of our morphs can begin to fight it. So what do we do? <laughs> and that's sort of like, yeah, Prince Jake had summed up the situation very well. Um, Axe sort of in the stunned silence as they all try to think of what the fuck to do next goes and looks sort of at the T-Rex and having a vivid idea of what would have happened if that if it had managed to get him mm -hmm. so, and then Cassie steps and up Cass our girl Cassie <laughs> uh, and she is extremely competent like she is all business all of a sudden um, she says well we're gonna have to adapt Marco makes a reference to Robinson Crusoe um, and Jake's like, well, uh, we can make some things and we do have the very important ability to morph. Let's not forget that. Um, and Cassie <laughs> just like walks over to the dead Tyrannosaur and slaps the hood like, man, you can fit so much food and shoes in this motherfucker. <laughs> there are so many resources in this corpse. <laughs> Uh, and she's like, Axe has a tail. We can use the hide to make sandals. Skin from the lower leg here looks pretty tough and thick. Uh, we can uh, cut some of the skin, remove the meat, knead it. And we have ligaments and tendons to lace up the sandals. And Jake and Marco and even Axe are just kind of <laughs> like staring open mouthed at her like, what the fuck? <laughs> um, and then we get from Cassie. Uh, she walks up to the dinosaur and is kind of like poking at it. Look, Marco, my best friend is gone. Tobias is gone. I don't want any more names added to that list. We need food. There's no Burger King anywhere nearby, okay? We're not big or mean enough to be predators in this environment. We've moved way down the food chain. The best we can be is scavengers. Here's thousands of pounds of protein. We eat some now and we smoke some for jerky so we can eat later. 